Well, look at this. You're here and I'm pleased because I really dig your company. Hey guys, it's me, Danny, and you're listening to the Just Saying Podcast. Oh, what did I do this weekend? Hmm. Oh, first of all, I was sick on Saturday. I did not feel good, but I did get up and go running because why not? Of course, I went to church on Sunday. Uh, oh, Saturday, I also just like, you know, I went out. I had some quality time with myself, which was good. I needed that. And then Sunday, I went to church. Um, I visited someone who may be becoming a friend of mine. You know, you know how you first start knowing somebody. You're not really sure like what you know, space they're going to be in, but they may be becoming a friend of mine. So I went and visited them for a while. We had good conversation. I guess this was like a me weekend. I got a tattoo this weekend for you people who are watching on YouTube. You can kind of see it. It's, it says in the wind. I Sorry, it does not. It says like the wind um, because that's significant for me. Number one, I... Autumn is my favorite season. I'm an autumn baby. It's my favorite season. I like a cool breeze. Uh, So it's like, you know, cool like the wind, but it's also free like the wind. It's also calm like the wind. Um, and, And also, you know, because I'm a religious person, for me, it is also, you know, the wind of God just, you know, breathing through and giving life to all the things that you know, come to me and to everybody else, I believe. So I got the tattoo. It was a gift, which made it even better because I pay for that thing. And, um, uh, it's, it's, it's still for me, it looks like what I wanted it to look like. It looks like it's breezing through, like it's passing through, um, you know, my body and, um, it was significant to me for you guys who don't know. I also this weekend did post, um, some pictures up on Facebook. Those pictures have already been on Instagram. And if you follow me on Instagram, which if you not, I don't understand why (laughs) it's just saying podcast on Instagram, but if, but I also put them up on Facebook this week and it was a freeing thing for me because I was, you know, the, in September was the month of me breaking out of my box and doing things that I wouldn't do. And so what it, what that did was it gave me the courage. Well, I believe we already had the courage, but it opened up my courage to not be so concerned about what other people think about me, which is what I believe I need for the next step of my growth is because there's a lot of things that I would be talking to my friends about all the time. Shout out to my friends who have to keep listening to me say the same daggone thing over and over again. It's like, how do I get past worrying about what other people expect me to be? And that, and that is something I created in my own head because I have a lot of people that I'm, I would be like, well, what are they going to think about this? What is this group of people going to think about this? How are these people going to think about this? But I don't even talk to these people to get their opinion anyway, so why am I concerned about it? And so when I put the pictures up, that was me saying to, tho- to those people, well, no, that's not true. That was me saying to me, listen, 
It doesn't matter what they think because people are going to judge you anyway. So let them judge you after you've done the things that you feel like you really want to do instead of having them judge you while you're sitting around doing none of the things that you really want to do because you're concerned about what they're going to say about you when they do the things, when you do the things that you really want to do. I'd rather people judge me and have a, have a feeling about the things that I really want to do than to judge my non growth and, you know, feel bad because people are talking about me because I haven't grown. So I'm out here in these streets and I'm trying to do more. I want to do more. The running is still going on, y'all. I'm The running is still going on. I'm running today. So, you know, I'm still with the workouts. I'm still with the health kick. I'm still trying to be healthy. That's still continuing. This weekend, I thought that I was going to go to a new workout class, but I had the dates wrong. So it won't be this weekend, but I will be trying some kind of new exercising classes because for me, the gym ain't the thing for me. Like, I need a workout class. I need, like, um, dance classes or music and stuff like that. Just, you know, jumping on a treadmill. I know you're like, well, ain't that the same thing as running? It is, but it ain't. So, I'll be trying that. I'm still going to be working out. I'm still going to be, you know, trying to become healthier. I'm on this 14-day no-sugar kick, which isn't really complicated for me because I pretty much gave up most of the sugar in my life anyway. But if y'all want to join me, you can go ahead on and hit that 14-day no-sugar kick, too. Tell me when you started. Hit it up under one of my pictures. Or, you know, go on Twitter, hashtag Just Saying Podcast. I mean, at me on, on Twitter, at Just Say, um, it's IJS on Twitter, I believe. And, you know, hashtag um, 14 Days No Sugar, and I'll see you. But let's get on with the rest of the show, because that's all my weekend had going on. The BET Hip Hop Awards comes on, well, tonight, um, Tuesday, and I'm I'm a little bit excited. I don't really know most of the uh, new hip hop artists. I mean, I am a mother of teens and young adults, so I know some of the songs, but I can't tell you the difference in the names of the people, but I hear that they're... Um, honoring Little Kim as as a um icon at this thing. Now, let me just say right quick, I do agree with Remy Ma. I was watching the State of the Culture, which comes on YouTube, because you know I be out here in the streets, and I was watching that, and she was saying that she was a little bit disappointed that um they didn't honor BET being they didn't honor. Little Kim on the big BET awards. And I, I agree with that. I think that Little Kim has done a lot, uh, changing like how women, female rappers were pre- presenting themselves when she came through. It was like a different vibe. And, and it kind of like set the stage for a lot of other rappers present day. So I'm excited just to see what that, um, performance looks like I hope it's a tribute I hope they have some people coming out I know this gonna sound bad but I hope Tiana Taylor ain't a part of it because we didn't see her do it already I don't know who I want to see because I don't even know none of the little kids but I think that <laughs> they kids to me I don't I think that though it still will be a good show I hope Kim come out and do her little queen be you know 
dance thing that she does, but I'm not sure. I just want to see it uh, and see if they bring out some old school, other old school hip hop artists. You know, guys, tune into that on your BET channel. I don't know what that is. So this right here was pretty cool to me. Miss Allison Phoenix broke um, Usain Bolt's track record recently. And this was 10 months after she had a baby, y'all. Like 10, 10 months after she had a baby, she breaking track records like in speed, I believe. So like 10 months after I had my baby, guess what I was doing? Well, we ain't going to talk about it, but 10 months after I had my baby, I probably was pregnant with another baby, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. But, so I was probably eating chips or ice cream or candy or something. But this woman, 10 months after she had a baby, was not just training, she was actually running, competing, and breaking records. Now, the big thing, the other big part of why Allison Phoenix is a big deal is because... Allison Phoenix, before she got pregnant, was sponsored by Nike. When she got pregnant, Nike was like, mm, one way like this, you know, you really looking like a woman type thing. So they tried to drop her pay and decrease it by 70%. 70% though, really, Nike? If I was a label person, I'd probably be like, I'm not with this Nike thing. But, but you know, my, Nike be a little bit controversial anyway you know but anyway to decide that a woman should not get sponsorship in the way that she was already getting it because she was having a baby it's like so you trying to tell me I can't take nine months out so this shout out to Allison is because not only did you tell Nike they could kick a whole bunch of rocks with mad dirty socks but they also you also let them know oh this is what I'm able to do not only am I able to have a baby be a mama and get out here and train I'm also going to run so fast that the last dude that did it I'm going to beat him so Miss Allison shout out to you since we are talking about, uh, you know, people and, you know, breaking records and showing people up or, you know, making history. That's a good way. Let's talk about Saturday. Saturday, Tyler Perry and all the stars. I'm talking about the Carters. Cicely Tyson, who is 94 years old and she still look good, y'all. Um, Ava DuVernay, Tyrese, Sidney Portier, um, Samuel Jackson, Gladys Knight, Taraji P. Henson, Kelly and Michelle from, you know, Destiny Child, uh, Chris Tucker, Viola Davis. Charlemagne, Colin Kaepernick was there. Just everybody, like all of Black Hollywood. If you was Black Hollywood and you weren't there, uh, I guess your invitation must have got lost in the mail because most of Black Hollywood was out for the celebration of the opening of Tyler Perry Studios. 
Now, I'm hearing that Tyler Perry Studios is like the biggest studios out. But what they'll say is what I first was that, you know, he's the first African-American to own his own major studio outright. But then I was like, that's dope, right? Because that is, that's, that's dope by itself. But on top of that, his studios is bigger than, let me just read it out for y'all. Walt Disney Studios, Paramount Studios, and the Warner Brothers Studios combined. It's a 330-acre complex with 12 sound stages, y'all. He don't got to go nowhere to record nothing on nobody else's stages if he don't want to. He got 12 of them on his own on a 330-acre lot, okay? It's in Atlanta, and there was some talk, you know, real quick about, oh, Tyler Perry ain't going to pull his studios and he going to keep his studios down there in Atlanta, even though Atlanta had that abortion ban, um, you know, where they were saying that you can't get no abortions. But I hear that there was a court, like a, a stoppage or something that they can't ban abortions from the this, this city or the state or however it was being done. And he, anyway, sometimes, you know, one don't have nothing to do with the other. So Tyler Perry Studios are down there in Atlanta. All the stars was down there walking the purple carpet because he ain't doing no red carpet because that's what Hollywood does. And Tyler Perry then already said, Hollywood don't, you know, respect me, and that's fine, so don't worry about it. Actually, I have a quote of what he said, but I don't remember where I put it. So we going to keep on <laughs> rolling on with it. That's what happens when you're here. Now here's, here's something cool though, about the Tyler Perry studios. First of all, I know some people are like, didn't he open them studios a long time ago? Well, that's not true. I think he opened a portion of it in 2006, but the full thing wasn't ready until I believe 2015 or maybe that's when he started the, um, that's when he started to like expand it and make it a big thing where he wasn't going to have to use any other studios for any of his works. Um, the 12 sound stages though are, are named after black Hollywood icons. He has one for Holly Berry, one for Spike Lee and y'all know, or maybe y'all don't. So I'll tell y'all Holly, um, Spike Lee and Tyler Perry were feuding for a while because, you know, Spike Lee went in on Tyler Perry because he was talking about, you know, like the type of, of product Tyler Perry was putting out. Spike Lee didn't respect it. And let me just tell y'all, I believe that there is a couple of dollars that Tyler Perry owed me for some of the movies that I had to pay for, like witness protection. Okay. I want my money back for that, Tyler. But I still respect the man for what he has been able to accomplish. I mean, this is a person who went was homeless to fight for his dream and now has 330 acres on a plantation that he bought. Because if you remember, I think it was the Image Awards or something. I don't remember which awards it was, but he was talking about how Tyler was talking about how he bought this plantation and now is using it to make all black you know, um, films and, and, um, projects. So shout out to Tyler. Okay. So let's go back to these sound stages. Sound stages are named after Holly Berry, Spike Lee, Della Reese, Cicely Tyson, um, Denzel Washington, Diane Carroll, 
Oprah Winfrey, Will Smith, Whoopi Goldberg, Harry Belafonte, and Sidney Portier. Now, one of the things is Whoopi Goldberg was like, when I got the information that he was naming the soundstage after me, I wanted to give him names, or she did give him names of other women that she thought maybe he should name a studio after because she was just saying, I just feel like I'm, I'm, you know, at icon status. I don't feel like I'm old enough to be icon status. And so she wanted to give out some other names. But we do still need to respect Whoopi Goldberg. One, number one, just to say that, just to be like, you know, I think there's women who were who have done far more than me and who have, you know, contributed far more than me that I would like to honor myself is respectable. But Whoopi, we stand with you though. Like so, you know, holla back at your girl because I feel like you are an icon. I feel like you represent um the women who sometimes don't get recognized because, you know, like the Holly Berries and the um, uh, Cicely Tyson's and all of that, people recognize them in a different way. Maybe Cicely Tyson might be on the Oprah Winfrey side, actually, but, I mean, the uh, Whoopi Goldberg side, but, like, Whoopi Goldberg is one of those people that people do not always call beautiful, even though I think she is dope y'all but she's not one of those people that they always call like the beautiful like actress star but she's done so much work she's an actress she's a comedian she's an activist she just you know um I believe she's a producer she's done stage she's done film she's done tv she's done all these things opening all of these doors and not looking like the typical um light skin straight-haired, curvy body beauty that was the norm when I was growing up. Whoopi Goldberg was always outside of all of those boxes, and still, to me, she was beautiful. She was so talented. She was dope. And all these people who who have been given a soundstage name are amazing people, but I just, I saw the clip on the internet where I stroll about Whoopi Goldberg, you know, speaking about her being honored and just being fascinated with her and all that she, you know, has accomplished. Now, this was a quote that I do know (laughs) what I have, where Tyler Perry was saying, every black person that comes to work here at the studios, they go, oh my God, it's heaven. It's heaven here. We are represented. He says, LGBTQIAs, blacks, whites, straights, whatever, they're all represented here, working hand in hand and arm in arm, meaning he felt like when he went to other studios that there wasn't a representation of all minorities. And he is working really hard to make sure that there's representation of all groups on his studios almost all of the time when you go there to see people working. And that's dope. To be able to not only pull yourself up and do the thing that you really want to do in life, which was, you know, he wanted to write these plays and to be able to be respected in that fashion where he can have plays travel and have all these famous people, you know, come and be a part of his plays. And then also then be able to, to, to make movies and then to be able to produce projects from books and then to be able to come outside of his genre when he did, uh, 
oh, I don't remember the name of it, y'all. I'm so sorry. But he did a, a movie where he was kind of like a detective or something. And it wasn't the typical Tyler Perry movie. And to do that, to be able to, you know, employ hundreds of black stars because when y'all go back to his movies even if you don't like them look at how many black actors and actresses he was able to to pay and people say that Tyler Perry pays very well for actors and actresses to be in his productions to be able to do that to then be, be able to turn around and purchase um, a studio and then to be able to make it even bigger studio and to be able to make it in one of like the black meccas of the United States. You could do what y'all want, y'all. Like it, that's the thing. Like you can do what you want as long as you just remember to keep doing what you want instead of worrying about what other people think you should do. Because if that's the case, he would have stopped with Spike Lee because Spike Lee is a name, right? And so Spike Lee is a person who's saying like, I don't like what he's doing and I don't think he should do it. And he's cooning and all of these other things that Spike Lee was saying. When Spike Lee, and we just want to be honest, when you did your little, she got to have it, you got it wrong. She did not need to have that. That was not good. The series was not good. That's why it's not on. The second The second season was a little bit better, but that first season was really bad. And so when you are judging other people, be careful. Because when you put out content, sir. Some of your stuff is problematic too if we talking to the right people. So like just calm down because at some point we all going to be problematic to somebody. But Tyler Perry did not stop because somebody with such a name didn't approve of what he was doing. No, my man's kept it rolling and here we are. And so you have to, again, this speaks back to what I was saying earlier. Like you have to not be concerned with what the people say, but you have to be able to do what you need to do. That thing is not illegal and it doesn't, um, harm other people. You got to roll with it. And that's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's just me. Yay. So this past weekend, the murderer of Bosom Jean was convicted and sentenced. Um, and there's a lot of controversy that's going on about that situation. But before we get to any of that, let's please take a quick moment to remember Joshua Brown, who was... The neighbor, I believe he lived across the hall from Botham Jean, and he also was the key witness to it um, for this trial. He was found um, shot several times about three, four miles away from the apartment complex that they lived in together, Joshua and Botham. Um, he then passed away at the hospital on Friday. I would like for us to just take a quick 30 seconds to just remember this young man for being courageous enough to speak up about the police and what this woman, whose name I will not say here, um, what she did to this young, to that young man. So I just want to give a quick 30 seconds in remembrance of him.
Okay. So, let's talk about this controversy. The first part of this controversy is that woman only got 10, 10 years for this murder. If y'all aren't familiar with this story, the story is supposedly, no, not supposedly. What did happen is she, this woman who was on the police force, goes into both Botham Jean's apartment. She lives in the apartment building. She goes into his apartment and shoots him and kills him. She doesn't then immediately call her job, the police, to say that she did it. She, like, played around a little bit. She didn't do CPR on him. Like, she didn't try to help him or anything. And her whole thing, her whole story was that she thought she was in her apartment and she thought he was an intruder in her apartment. But there were a lot of factors that went into why she would not have thought that she was um, in her own apartment. One being, the very first sign being that she had, he had a welcome mat outside his door and she doesn't have one. So why did you think that there was a person that just gifted you a welcome mat for no reason. And then they also said that the layout of his apartment was not the same as the layout of her apartment. So when you got in there and you were like, hmm, this is weird that my apartment isn't set up the same day going way it was when I left today, you know, then that that should have been sad number two. But then Botham Jean was in, in his house eating ice cream, chilling on his couch. And she didn't give any police warning. She just shot the man because, you know, we all believe because it's black. But she goes on stand, you know, and says all this stuff and does her, you know, pity cry, whatever. And, but Joshua was able to say, one, even though this woman tried to, you know, what seems like a lie, I'm allegedly, she claims that she yelled out, you know, that she was the police and she gave all the police commands and that he didn't follow directions. And that's how he ended up dead. Joshua was like, I was right across the hall. I never heard anybody yell anything. There were no screams. There were no shouting. There was just pow, pow, pow. And a man was murdered. Okay. And so the, the court, the jury, convicted her. Now, one of the really weird things about this thing was that the jury was one instructed by the judge that she, the woman could use the defense of basically like a stand your ground, like, because she felt like he was a danger to her and, uh, you know, in, in, in her space that that's why she killed him, but she wasn't in her space and he surely wasn't a danger to her while he was sitting on the couch eating ice cream. So they didn't fall for that plan, you know, which I just like, judge, like what? But just let, we'll go to that next. And then the second thing that was weird was that they were instructed that they could give her anywhere between five years to 99 years. But like when, when other people go to jail, it'd be like a five to 10, uh, 10 to 20, you know, um, 20 to life. I, I, I don't know anybody who was offered a, a five to 99 and you pick any time in between there that you want to give somebody like that's weird, but that's what they did. I didn't, I don't, she only got 10 years. I know that a lot of people feel like 
she should have more time. And a lot of people feel like, you know, she should have got life. There was a suggestion by the prosecutor that she at least do 28 years because I believe both of them was 28 uh, or however old he was, 29, somewhere around there, that the, the prosecutor wanted her to serve a year for every year that he was able to live. And they, the jury was like, nah, dog, we don't feel like she need to go to jail that long. This was all also a part of the play that happened in, in this courtroom. Now, let's go here. First off, the brother of Botham Jean decided in that moment that he needed to speak about the forgiveness that he already had on his heart. In forgiving her, he also offered and was asked if he could give a hug to the murderer. And the judge told her yes. Now, there was a lot of controversy about that, like whether or not she should be able, he should have been able to do that, whether or not that was okay. And I have to say this. Because a lot of us did not have our brothers murdered innocently um, in their homes while they were eating ice cream, we don't know what what we would do if that situation came up. We don't. We can all speculate on what we what we would do today because we're not there. We haven't had that type of stress on us. We haven't had those sleepless nights. We haven't had, you know, the thoughts of wishing we could tell our brother some things that we didn't say. We didn't have any of that. We also don't know what this person's walk with their spirituality is. So we cannot judge his healing process however that needs to work for him is how it needs to work for him what he did is not a representation of what black people are supposed to do and that's where I think that a lot of people have gotten this misconstrued like we feel like his actions are then him telling us that that is what we are expected to do anytime anybody who has wronged us occurs. And I don't believe that that's what happened. I believe that we were just privy to seeing what what he needed to do for his healing process. Now, understand, even his mother was like, this ain't justice and I ain't happy. So this wasn't a family decision. This was this man's particular need for his healing. And however you need to heal is how you need to heal. But don't judge somebody on what they need to do for themselves. It's been a whole bunch of memes. Cause y'all know I be all on these internet streets and there been a whole bunch of memes and a whole bunch of sayings. And even I posted that forgiveness doesn't, it doesn't include hugs for him. It did. Okay. But I wanted people to know that forgiving somebody is a personal thing. And the act of hugging someone is not a requirement for forgiveness. I also need to add real quick, like some of y'all is being way more forgiving for some people who continually do things to you. If you all are just being upset because you don't want someone to be, to do things because some of you, let's just be honest, were convicted by the fact, the lack of forgiveness that you have been giving some people that you should be forgiven in your life. That may hurt. 
but that is the truth. Some of y'all just know that y'all should be convicted. Y'all are being convicted because there are some people that you should just be letting some things go. And you're feeling like it can't be that easy for somebody to let some things go because I'm sitting over here still harboring some anger and um, disgust for some people who did some things to me back in uh, 1997. So... You know, you, you all, there are some things y'all have to let go to. Like there's some things that you're still holding on to. And I'm, and I'm believing that this young man did not want to carry this out of the courtroom. I, I, I'm believing that what he was saying was after today, when I walk away from this, I don't want to feel anger for you because I don't want to have thoughts of you. What I want to do is only be able to think about my brother, the good times I had with him while he was alive and continue on with my family. I don't want you to consume my thoughts. So I need to learn, I need to start my forgiving and healing process today. So then when I walk up out of here, you are not a factor for me. And I know some of y'all be like, the people that did me wrong ain't a factor for me either, but you are lying to yourself because some of you are lying to yourself. That is the truth. Because some of y'all really, y'all still feel a kind of way. And if you feel a kind of way about the person, not the act, but the person, then they are still a factor and your healing process is not complete yet. I can promise you that it's not. There's a difference. There is a difference between feeling away because a thing has been done to you and feeling away about a person because a thing has been done to you. There are people who have done some terrible things to me that I no longer hold a grudge against them. One, some of those people I have seen growth in. And so I'm no, I'm no longer holding their past actions against them because trust and believe. There have been some things that I have done in my life that I don't need people keep on pulling up today because I did them back in 1997. Okay? I ain't her anymore. And so because I'm not her, yes, I said ain't, and I'm not, I'm, I ain't her no more. That's, that's the truth. I'm not even, I don't have to be proper about that. And because I ain't her today, I don't need people to keep on bringing up some of the things or, you know, the things that I did back then to make me and hold me to them now. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to forgive this woman who murdered this man one, I don't even know if that's your plight um, because directly it wasn't a thing that happened to you. And so you don't have a personal, some of us, now I know a lot of us, that there are, there are issues and there are things that will make you feel a way about her actions, but personally, it's not connected to you. And so this is just me speaking about, because, you know, we're just taking the lesson from the internet. And so this is about the people who have personally done things to you. Have they grown or are you going to forever hold them in the place in which they were the person who did what they did? Now, some people are, some people are just, you know, busy with the devil all day and you know, and that's what they do. But there are people who, who grow and we can't grow if we're always tethered to other people and what they've done to us. Because if you are tethered and tied to something, 
you can't get but so far because you're always going to be connected to that thing. So that thing can't, is going to also hold you down. That's what forgiveness is about. Forgiveness is about becoming untethered to the the thing or the person so that you can grow yourself. But if you're going to release that thing, there is also a possibility that the person who wronged you now is able to grow in their own way on their side, you know? And so that's what forgiveness is about. It's about becoming untethered to the, the event and or the person that caused you pain. We have to be, we, I, I promise you, I know a lot of people who are still tethered to some stuff. And, and I want to say this, this is what I, I say to a lot of people when I speak to them in person is that like, we need to understand that we are safe now from those things, not all the things and not everybody, please don't jump on me. But I am telling you that there are a lot of things that we are tethered to that we are now safe from. It's not no longer actually that thing is no longer causing us pain. Those people are no longer causing us pain because they're not even in our lives what is happening is we ourselves are pulling up the memory of that and causing our own current pain it's kind of like you know if you if you get cut and then you pick a scab you like you have like a scar and that thing hurts and then after a while of hurting it starts to itch and then you scratch it and then when you scratch it it starts to bleed again Whatever cut you isn't hurting you anymore. You are hurting you because the healing is uncomfortable. And so then what you want to do, I I got a word today. Okay, let's go. Okay, so the healing is uncomfortable. So you start picking at it because you don't like the uncomfortableness. Even though you know that this itching is part of the healing process, you will pick at it. That pain that's there now is not from whatever caused the, the cut. It is from you changing the healing process, okay? Then once the 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 itching happens, there's like a scar, a scab that that comes over it. It's going to cover over that wound so that you can it can start to heal underneath. The scab is not the heal. The scab is to create a safe space for the healing, okay? Sometimes I would call that therapy. And so it that's the place where you would, you know, be able to heal underneath the scab. But people will pick the scab off to keep on looking at the daggone wound. Again, that is not whatever caused that wound that is hurting you now. Now that is you because you can see that there's a healing happening and instead of that healing being able to complete itself, you will pull back and cause more pain to yourself and then be upset because there's pain there and blame that pain then on the person or the thing that caused the pain. But they ain't nowhere around. They're nowhere around. And so that's what we do a lot of times with our emotional pain is we will pull the scar, we will pull the scab, we will scratch at the the the, the um site just so that we can still see if it's ready. It ain't. You got to keep going. You got to push forward because eventually that scab comes off and next thing you know, you be looking like, mm, my skin the same color as it was before. I don't even got the white part or whatever, you know? And yes, there are a lot of times it's still going to be like a, a scar, 
But a scar is just saying there was pain here, but there isn't any more. It just creates, you know, character. But that doesn't mean that you're hurt anymore because you have a scar. You're not actually hurt anymore. It should, if you have a scar, if there's a sighted scar, like on me, I have a thing. I'm trying to show the internet people, but it ain't working. Okay, there it is, this thing here. That's a scar that I had created that thing in the oven, but the oven is no longer hurting me. That thing is just there to let me know to be safer when I go in the oven, you know? And a lot of times we don't understand that that's the thing that we need to do for ourselves. We want to keep on being like, you did, you did, you did, you did. They ain't even doing it no more. Sometimes y'all don't even see these people and you're still holding on to it. And we got to let it go. We got to. Okay, so the other part of this controversy about this verdict and sentencing is... The judge who came through and was just seemed like overly kind to this murderer. The judge I hear gave the woman her Bible, which is a no-no. And then she went down and she hugged the woman. The judge hugged the woman. What you ain't supposed to do. These things are wrong. And she is wrong. Now, if we want to be upset with somebody, stop being upset with that boy for his healing. Because that woman, that woman, that judge was not hurt. She was not harmed. She was, that was not her family. She did not need to go down there and console somebody. Because that's not what happened in court. But, but of course, a lot of people are saying that that happened because she want to let the police force still know I'm still with y'all. Make sure I'm still safe. Make sure y'all still understand that I'm with with the police force. And, you know, I I stand by y'all. And that is ugly and nasty. And and I hear that there's some kind of like um something that they're trying to do with the judge, like some kind of appeal or some kind of I don't know what they call it. I don't know legal stuff about that, but I hear there's something that's supposed to be going on with the judge because those things were like unethical for her to do. She down there like brushing her hair. The bailiff was brushing her hair so that she doesn't look bad. And she did. Why? Why? We don't get that kind of, one, <clears throat> I'm going to say this, and a lot of times I don't like when people do this, but, like, black people don't get that kind of treatment when they in court. But, two, that's not your job. Like, and I don't care who it is. That's not your job. You ain't going to go down there and brush Ted Bundy's hair because he don't want his hair ruffled and looking bad when he got his sentencing. Like, why would we do this? But that's because, you know, when white women are sitting around and they crying, everybody want to feel sad about them. And that, I believe, was part of what <clears throat> made the jury not want to give her too much time. Because it's like, we feel bad already that you, you know, you're sad. And you did say you wish that he would have shot you instead of you shot him. Yeah, because then it would have been a big ugly thing about some big black man shooting some white female cop. And you wish that that would have been the story. But it wasn't. You murdered that man. 
you, Miss Judge Lady, needed to not have been a part of consoling her. It ain't your job. Stay up on that bench where you are. But you want them votes so that you could be whatever else you're trying to do in life. And so you need to let that police force and all the people who support the police officers and think that they never do anything wrong to know that you were actually on her side. I don't respect that. I don't have no kind of, well, maybe she, I don't respect it. I don't like it. It's nasty. In the root words of Natalie Dunn, you're rude, you're disrespectful, and you're going to stop. Like, I just don't like it. What are we doing here? Come on now. Let's go. Just stop it. It's disrespectful. And if y'all want to be mad at somebody, be mad at her because I feel a way. I know y'all are like, well, well you going to forgive her. Tomorrow. I'll be done with it and over it and fine. But right now, since I'm talking about it, I feel a way about her display of unethical actions in the courtroom. And that's just me. And I'm just saying. Here we are at the end of yet another episode of Just Saying Podcast. You know how I feel about this every week. I tell y'all, I get so excited every week to have a conversation with y'all. And then I get a little bit sad because I got to wait a whole nother week to have a conversation with you. Unless you roll yourself over to the YouTube channel where I am talking to y'all more days out the week. Also, don't forget to check me out on Instagram. I put good stuff up there. Go ahead on and like it, comment on it, and share it with your friends. Share them YouTube videos too, because they be funny, I believe. (laughs) Anyway, find me back here next week. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's grow this community and speak to me. Let me know how you feel about this whole case. Um, You can email me at justsayingpodcast at gmail.com. I'm out here ready to listen to your thoughts and um, concerns. I'm ready to comment back to you. I will reply if you send me a message. And don't forget, if you want to support this podcast, go ahead on over to the Patreon page, which you can find in the show notes. And even if you're on YouTube, they are posted in the comments so that you can help support this podcast. Don't forget, guys. You don't have to take anything I say as fact. After all, I'm just saying.